and welcome to another episode of Agents of Travel. I am your one of your hosts, Garrett Palm, aka Secret Agent Sticky Toffee Pudding. And I'm your other host, Rachel Vaness, aka Agent Panakukin. And we are interrogating uh, somebody pretty fun and exciting that I'm looking forward to interrogating today. We have got on the podcast Mari Takahashi. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, I worked with her with at Smosh for a, a while, way back when. My first like producing for, like for any digital for any film was a travel show that her and I worked on, where we went to Cairo. That was like my first time producing, and we went to Cairo together. It was great. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to her because I know she's a traveler. Yeah. Yeah, she does a lot of cool stuff. We'll get right into it, but you before we get into it, let's real quick. You can follow her on Instagram, Atomic Mari, and she has a podcast, Ogsog, with a bunch of uh, very fun people. I believe Joven, Lasercore, and a bunch of people. If you if you know Mari, you know you know uh, the, her friends on there. It's great. I haven't really met Mari, but in this podcast, everybody gets to hear the the friendship really bloom. Yes. So that's also something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, here is Mari Takahashi. Where are you these days? Oh, I'm in Vegas. You're in Vegas? That's your Vegas house? This is my Vegas house, and I've just moved into the office maybe like a month ago. And so it's a disaster. It's a disaster at the moment. (laughs) But it's so Um, full of potential. There's yes. so much potential. You're, you're going to yeah. grow up to be a beautiful baby. <laughs> Do you have big plans office. for that office? Um, I want this back wall to be like a beautiful, like green, kind of like this plant. Oh, I'm, gorgeous. I'm, I'm, oh. Yeah, I think I'm just, maybe I'm craving like big trees, like California trees, because now that I'm in the desert, there's not a lot of tree coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, I need some green in my life. So I've got all these uh, fake plants everywhere because I can't keep a plant alive. Um, well, they're gorgeous. So. Despite yeah. being fake, they're beautiful. <laughs> Did you hear yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw it. You can- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mari, oh, this has been a really fun conversation right now. But I, before we continue, I... I need to admit something to you. Rachel and I, we're not just, we're not just here for fun to talk to you. We are, um, you know, I've known you for a while. Yeah. This whole time. Oh, this is scary. What's going on? I I know. (laughs) Well, I am a secret agent for the National Travel and Tourism Office. This whole time? This whole time. And the whole time I have also been a secret agent for the <laughs> two agents. Yep. Yeah. How how could I have not known this whole time? Because I it's a secret agent. Mm-hmm. I'm a secret agent, so I've been keeping it secret. Yeah, don't take it too hard. It just means we're yeah. doing our jobs right. But yeah. the reason why we're here is because we have selected you as a subject to interrogate so we can plan your ultimate dream trip. Oh, I've been We're trying chosen. to work our way up. Yeah. I've been chosen by the agency. You've yeah. been chosen. 
We we have secret agent names. You can refer to us as either. My secret agent name is Sticky Toffee Pudding. That's my favorite dessert from the UK. And my secret agent name is, uh, you know, Secret Agent Panakuken, which is a Dutch pancake. Uh-huh. But you can call us Rach- by our aliases, Rachel and Garrett, if you're more comfortable Okay, by the aliases. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I, uh, I, I will go with the aliases for the, for the time being, fair. but um, I appreciate you telling me all of your secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're secret agents who kind of come out with our secrets all right away, but that's because we just want to yeah. focus on the job, you know? That's great. Yeah, you're communicative. You're open. It's very, you're a 2022 agent. I love it. Yeah, there's yes. a whole new vibe in the office. No secrets, openness. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> much better for mental health honestly i, I can't yeah, imagine yeah. the stress of keeping something like that <laughs> yes this whole time i've been like you know i've been hiding from people and it's just nice to be out in the open yeah i'm, gl- I'm glad for all of us yeah uh you're taking this so well thank you yeah. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have to process a little bit but for the time being you know i, okay. I i'm feeling good well, so like Rachel said, we are going to interrogate you, but that's just, you know, a term interrogate, you know, I feel like interrogation has like such a negative comment. comment. We're kind of trying to take back the word interrogation and yes. make it mean something like fun and happy and yeah. joyful. By the end of this, I'm just going to be like, where's my weekly interrogation? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. That's what we're hoping for. Wonderful. <laughs> so... We're going to interrogate you on your previous travel, your your previous trips, and using that, we are going to, this is an exercise for us to develop a dream trip for you. We each are going to give you a dream trip. We're going to both pitch you on one, and at the end, you decide who whose you like best, which one you want to go on. And, um, you know, if we ever make it up to the top, you know, maybe we'll be able to send you on that trip. But oh, right now, oh. right now okay, it's not going to happen. But, yeah, uh, right now, I, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll remember that as a promise. It's now yes. recorded. So a potential promise. Potential <laughs> promise. A PP, as we call it in the biz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. A PP. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mari, are you are you ready to be interrogated? I'm really excited for the interrogation. You've really hyped it up as something that I'm going to enjoy. So, yes. Good, good. I hope so. Okay, Mari, what is your travel style? Do you prefer to wing it, see, your, see where the wind takes you? Are you a meticulous planner? Are you somewhere in between? Yeah, what... How do you do it? I, I like to think of it as like having like, um, I don't know, like like flagpoles. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I'm meticulous in the sense of like, I need to know where I'm sleeping that night. Totally. Um, so that I would say is always planned. And then after that, I am not the type of person who wants to have every hour of the day planned out, but I like to be like, oh, maybe this for lunch or we'll find something on the way. And then maybe like one thing that is the touristy thing. But if, if I don't make it, I'm also kind of like, ah, it's fine. Or I, you know, I see it in the distance and that's good enough. Yeah, I like a mixture. I like a mixture. Have you have you done either one of those like to the extreme where it's just like no plans or the other way where every hour was planned and I've definitely yeah, I've definitely done the every hour is planned because I went on a tour of Japan 
not too long ago, maybe like 20, I want to say like 17, I did that. And um, yeah, that was with a tour guide. And every day, every hour, every thing that we saw was completely planned. Honestly, it wasn't awful. It was kind of nice to have somebody else just take the reins. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It was never a moment where I'm just like, oh man, this is a a bummer. Only when you had to leave a certain place. And I'm like, I Mm. want to spend a couple more hours there. That's also hard to... I don't know how your tour was structured, but I feel like I always book these things thinking I'll be able to pay attention for 12 hours. And by hour four, I'm just like sitting on the bus and zoning out. Like there's just, I have nothing left to give. And I feel like that's what's hard about those tours too, is like you've still got like eight hours to go, but your brain is just like way, way back behind the bus. Agreed. There there are moments where you're just like, I just need like a cafe break or like go get coffee and just kind of chill out. Um, that sort of thing. So I, I don't think I would ever do that again. Yeah, I glad we tried it. Yeah, yeah, glad, yeah. glad it was, it was, it was a trial. Um, and then on the other opposite of the spectrum, I think the person that I've traveled with, who goes with zero plans almost always, is actually Ian, and he, oh. he's a really good counterpart travel partner. Me and Peter have traveled with Ian multiple times to different places, and it's like he'll find the best spots, and he it's yeah. not planned. So I, I think I don't have quite the radar of finding all the best spots all the time and just having kind of like a, hmm, this place might be nice. Um, I don't have a great radar. I would say it's like a... 70 30 mixture for me yeah it yeah. sounds um, like ian's like a little experiential truffle pig he can just sniff those really? things out <laughs> honestly i think i think it's because he's such a hipster he just kind of has like a like a, a like a tuning fork for it yes um I, I feel like being a hipster traveling there is often there are like telltale signs that you're gonna like something there's like a a way a place is decorated or the way the people in the place look you know the way they dress like you know like as a hipster interesting it's easy to kind of like this is this is just a theory i'm making up on the fly i might report this to my higher ups the national tours but i'm glad that you're claiming being a hipster because that's very big for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think yeah. you're right though. I think there is like a certain like style and vibe that that you you what you, I don't know, you, like you recognize it when you see it. And yeah. there's probably some barometer of uh yeah, like style or like an artistic sort of thing when you see it, you know it. It's very like what Malcolm Gladwell, right? Where it's just like yeah. it's just a gut feeling you know when you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although it's hard yeah. if your vibe is like I want to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> that's where like my vibe gets in the way and i'm like just anywhere <laughs> just, just anywhere yeah rachel's yeah. a very tired traveler. <laughs> yeah. i'm realizing i, I just I sound think, exhausted today <laughs> I, I i do think like hipster traveling i don't know i i do think i am proud to be a hipster because i think hipsters are usually passionate about something like i'll mm. ask i i like to when i travel ask the baristas where to eat because they, uh, you know, usually have uh, the same, 
you know, they have as much money as I do, so they're going to suggest a, an affordable place that's still really good. Uh, you know, so, but because they're passionate about coffee, they're also probably passionate about food as well. That's such just like a, a cool tip. Yeah. Have you ever gotten a wreck where you're like, this place was dog shit, that barista wasn't hipster after all? <laughs> I feel like I have, I but those I just forget about. Yeah, you just black it out. That's <laughs> the yeah. ones that worked for me were like Berlin and uh, Pittsburgh and like a few others. I think that's also a good trick for traveling too. Mm-hmm. You just black out the moments where you're just like, ah, yeah. that didn't, you know, that wasn't a, a great thing. And then you're not, you don't have any like built up scar tissue. Yeah, around I traveling. love that. I have this little trick where I black out my memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just remembering the positive. Ones. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I like it. Yeah, I tease. I, I tease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree, though. Like, I don't know. The, the trip is always going to be a mixed bag, and you know, it's going to be as fun as you want it to be. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to ask, Mary, do you prefer to travel solo or with a group, or like with like how big of a group we talk, and if we're talking a group? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't solo traveled for uh, an extended period of time for like a really long time, probably since like 2010 or 2011. Um, And I don't hate it except for the moments where it's scary. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's scary traveling by yourself as a woman and that sucks. And then there's other moments where you get to be so quiet and in your thoughts and it's, it's, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I think I love like four, including myself, four people travel, like a couple, like my, me and me and my husband, Peter and another couple, like, I love that kind of traveling. Um, I think anything over, I would say maybe over six or seven gets really unwieldy. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Octopusy, as your motion <laughs> suggests. <laughs> although, although um, after our wedding, I think we traveled around with like maybe like eight couple or yeah, eight couples total, maybe something like that. But because it was a train system and a subway system all the way around, you didn't have to go get Ubers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It made it a lot more easy. Um, yeah. So I think it really depends on the country you're going to. Yeah, yeah. So is that is that part of why you like fours? Because it's uh, can fit in a, a car administratively easier to deal with in a place. I think so. I think yeah. so. And then you don't have the chain of like telling telling one yeah. person one thing and then someone's dropping out in you know focus. Usually, I'm kind of either the one goofing off and dropping off in, in conversation and focus, or I'm the one trying to wrangle. And yeah. either side of the coin, it's not fun because no. I'm not being fun for the person trying to wrangle. And then if I'm trying to wrangle, I'm in a horrible mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, th- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so somebody has to be the teacher. And yes. usually it's not very fun being the teacher. <laughs> no, but we have to respect the teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Garrett, you were our teacher in Egypt. I you, was. You were fantastic yeah, so- at it. Yeah, I feel like we have a similar travel style because it was like you, me, and our DP Billy kind of going out after rapping each day, hanging out. Being like, adventurous. Exploring. 
being adventurous, being a little adventure crew. Mm-hmm. That's right. But yes, I was the producer, so I was the uh, the one that had to get everybody permission slips from their parents and uh, <laughs> you know make sure everybody was behaving and and, and getting on the bus party. getting on the bus and not going out to party with our fixer in the evening <laughs> that's right that's right yeah oh my uh, gosh <laughs> was he insistent yeah. or she well, you know he really he, he he yeah he wanted to party yeah uh, can't yeah, blame he was him great. he, he was lived great. that party life yeah who he can did. blame him so Mari do you enjoy the act of traveling? Do you? How do you feel about airports, train stations, trains, airplanes, road trips, like movement? I love it. I love it, and 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 I love just kind of like even from the moment of like the grogginess of waking up early in the morning for a flight that's way too early, getting there, even like rushing in an airport, all the stuff that that is like demonized about travel. I still love all of that stuff. Um, a kid kicking the back of your seat it's all part of it i know what it is i I, I still enjoy it um and it's not it's not so much of like oh because it could be a teachable moment or anything like that i don't know there's something exciting about it being different from the day to day so it's not that i invite all the chaos in but if it happens i just know that there's other moments and lulls of like the roller coaster ride that I can anticipate for later that doesn't really bother me when it gets chaotic. But I will say, I don't want to be on an airplane post pandemic. And like, I never used to back down from being in on an airplane. But now if it's like close enough, I'm like, I'll just drive. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's it's hard now. It's like, I I get so claustrophobic sitting in my mask. And like, you know, it's hard to breathe. And uh, yeah, it's just like. Well, I used to wear masks before the pandemic on the airplane. I used to rock that like from just from Japanese culture and going there so often, I would bring that back with me. Um, And pre-pandemic, I mean, people would, would be like really weirded out by it. But I also got this. Real, it looks like a respirator. It looks so hardcore, um, but it's supposed <laughs> to be for like opera singers and musicians, um, or like singers, because it keeps the moisture in, so it's better for huh. like your um, esophagus and stuff. And so I got yeah. that. Um, and Peter and I would both wear it, and people would be like, "Not sitting next yeah. to these folks." <laughs> 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 but I did feel much better having like yeah. that respirator thing. Well, um, and you came off of the plane with a gorgeous solo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh yes. Um, <laughs> operatic voice right here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like everybody we're interviewing though it has been like. Yeah, there's. Uh, I travel differently now. I though I feel different about the way of. Tra- I remember loving, you know, being on an airplane. Now not so much. I was even watching a Top Chef yesterday, and I had a moment of panic when a guy was like going outside. I'm like, oh my god, he forgot his mask. And then I was like, this is Top Chef and was filmed in 2016. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, we were watching it on the flight back yesterday from Portland back to L.A. And yeah, it was, I still get those panics too, but yeah, it was, it's like a little shot of adrenaline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I also feel like for the first time in like, I don't know, in a very long time, I'm like, 
I don't trust the science of airplanes anymore. And it's so strange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's no reason for me to think that way. Um, like the, uh, the science of them being in the air. Yeah. And like, gravity. and like, I've gone through really, really crazy turbulence. Yeah. Like, like people like, like screaming hallelujah as soon as we landed type of turbulence <laughs> and I would sleep through it. I'd be like, it's fine. It's like the, the, the chances of things going wrong because of that versus like an engine failure is so minimal. So I just chill out and I just sleep. Now I've got anxiety like going on an airplane. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe airplanes have changed. Maybe they feel different after the pandemic and maybe they don't want to be in the air. <laughs> The rising temperatures, the climate change, oh. it's going to get rid of ability for planes to be up in this yeah. sky. Yeah. I like the idea that the planes, like us, had a break. And now they're just yeah. like, nah, I, I kind of have a work-life balance now. I want to stay in the <laughs> hangar with my family, plane family. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah. that was now, and we want to talk about then. And that's how I'm segueing flawlessly into this next question which is what was the first trip that turned you on to travel oh that's such a good question i i think i i like my parents would take me to japan all the time when i was a kid um once every summer um and to me it wasn't like it didn't feel like travel travel but one time I flew to Japan by myself, and I think I was like seven years old. Oh wow! Yeah. Did you have and, like the little yeah. like plaque and I the did. flight attendant yeah. taking care of you? And I got this like picture with like the flight attendant. It's the cutest thing. Um, but I I think that I found like some sort of like independence when I was like a little kid because I remember um, a flight attendant met me at the airport as soon as I got off and then they escorted me to the person who was picking me up and I don't know it was like I had my chimpanzee stuffed animal and I just remember like really like walking with some authority as a chimpanzee businesswoman. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And That's that summer awesome. I stayed with um my grandmother who owns a farm in northern Japan. It's kind of like the south of Japan. So like people are really just like low key. It's beautiful and green, like Miyazaki type forests out there. Um and the whole summer all I did was like pick cucumbers and uh collect frogs like little green frogs in the greenhouse and like it was yeah it was a really memorable summer i really love that summer um, yeah was it like your first like independent like you like you got a sense of what independence is I like away from so. your parents like this flight by yourself like you're going out in the you know the fields you know like picking cucumbers by yourself by yourself i assume yeah but, i yeah i wasn't cognizant of it um sure but i think it it, it probably planted the seed for, for many, many, many years of like, I just like to get out there. Um, but I, I think as an adult, it was really when I started to travel by myself. And I didn't start doing that until I was 25. That's when I was like, I'm rebelling and I'm going to start <laughs> doing this on my own. Yeah. Um, that's when I really started to fall in love with like going out by myself again. I guess there is a, a, a thread of independence there. Well, and there's yeah. something really empowering about 
traveling by yourself being like i booked the flight i knew how to get from the airport to the like airbnb i picked out all my places i'm navigating a city and often without like a map um agreed yeah it's the few times i've traveled by myself every time i'm like I'm alone and I want somebody to talk to. But then similarly, I'm also like, look at me eating in a restaurant by myself. (laughs) It feels so cool. Yeah, I I love I love like the solo restaurants and the solo like going to the cafe and reading for a long time and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, my my first uh, like big solo trip was also similarly like an act of rebellion. I was like. Uh, I turned 29 and was like, I'm done with this. You know, I'd like I'd saved up money and I was going to do it, use it responsibly, but I used it to travel. Same. And, same. Yeah. I blew my entire life savings yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. in one year of traveling. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Where did you go? And, uh, my that first year, I went to I went to Japan, uh, and on the flight back, I sat next to probably a seven-year-old who was traveling alone. And that was the, uh, after six weeks in Japan, that was like the first full conversation I could hold. I had, while in Japan, you know, I'd studied Japanese, but I was like trying, you know, like you know, getting by. But then next to that, you know, sitting next to that uh, seven-year-old, I was able to have a whole conversation. That is you guys so just cool. Yeah. talked about like <laughs> poop and farts the whole time. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I also went to India. I went to Australia. I went to Nepal. I went to Thailand. Oh, yeah. I did wow. Asia that trip. You did You did India, Nepal? India to Nepal? Yes. Oh, I've always wanted yeah. to do that. Oh. It's yeah, it's incredible. I, I stayed mostly, I stayed all in the north. So I was in the Himalayas the whole time. That's so cool. Mari, where did yeah, you go? Cool. Yeah. Um, well, is this, is oh. this, this might be our next question. Oh, okay. If it's which not, is tell us, we'll follow tell up. us a story about your best trip. Okay, okay. Is this is this that same trip? I w- yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. okay so it was um, like, I would say maybe November of two thousand nine. I was sitting at um, uh, the bar that I worked at. Um, and I only worked on Sundays and Mondays, which are the quietest nights. And all of the theater people would come in on Sundays after they wrapped their theater shows. And then they'd come in and play magic. And so they're all just like my theater friends. And so it was the best nights to, to bartend. Um, and I had a really good friend named Michelle. And her brother owns a, um expedition company called Alpenglow. And... She's like she was talking about a trip that she wants to do, going to um, Kenya and Tanzania to climb Kilimanjaro, and she was I think almost a decade older than I am, and she's like this real like punk rock sort of like she was a school teacher, um, but she was also like a single mother, and she's just really really kind of badass. Um, yeah, such a badass, and just really allowed me to like open up who I am just because she was just like go do it she's like yeah she really encouraged me and so she was planning this trip and um I plan I I I went with her um 
At that moment, awesome. I was dancing full time as a ballerina, which meant that I shouldn't do anything dangerous. It's in my contracts to be like no motorcycles, no scuba diving, no like like extensive things that could harm your body. And I'm like, I've been, I've had contracts like this for my entire adult life. I'm like, fuck it, we're gonna. Sorry, I swore. Um, no, we no, loved our, it. Our supervisors, our supervisors don't listen. Okay. <laughs> they just listen to the to the end part. So. Um, and so I, I threw down a ton of cash. I, I wasn't even a hiker at that point and went on this trip and it was the best time. I think it, it, it like, yes, independence, yes, um, exploring, yes, being in a new country, but more than anything, it was quiet time just hiking for very, yeah. very long periods of time every single day. Um, and yeah, it was the best. How long was the hike up Kilimanjaro? I want to say we were out there for 12 days, but then the hike itself was maybe six or seven days, something like that. I was going to say, too, there's something so special about finding, like, the badass lady you want to be and then getting to spend time with her where I relate to that feeling of, like, how do I just kind of, like, absorb everything that you're doing that is so cool, and how do I do that? Like Totally. I, um worked for one of these types of ladies and she like showed me how to order a drink at a bar like how to properly do it and I thought it was so cool (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it's like I I I think that especially at that point in my life I wasn't you know ready to like try to reach out for a mentor or you know email someone and be like will you mentor me but she really swooped in and she was such a I don't know. She 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 melted down all my walls and she built me back up and yeah. That's so cool. like. Do you still uh, keep in touch with her? Very very minimally. We're on yeah. such different like planets now, but but yeah, minimally. Yeah. What were we gonna say? Uh, I forgot. That's okay though. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, wait. Will it come back? Oh yeah. I feel like it's the type of thing where it's also like we talk about getting mentors in our careers a lot. But I feel like every woman is secretly looking for her, like, badass bitch mentor to kind of take you under her wing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe I I feel like it's, is it harder for women to ask for mentors? I don't know. I feel like we're all really ready. (laughs) We're all so ready. But I feel like there can be, I mean, this is a different conversation, but I feel like there can be some, like, weird generational stuff that happens that can make it. Like, because women are always taught to see each other as competition. So not only do you have to find this badass lady, but you also have to find one that wants to take on a mentee. And that can be kind of difficult sometimes. So agreed. when you do find her, hell yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Uh, How long long total was that trip? Mm, I think I want to say it was like 12 days. Because we did did the... Climb with plenty of like acclimation. We yeah. really, really took our time because Kili is, um, it's one of the seven summits, but it's regarded yeah. as like the easiest, even though it's like 19,000 plus feet, the, it's like the easiest of all the hikes. Um, cause it really truly is a hike. It, it's beautiful because you go yeah. through all these different terrain and all, all different biomes. You see desert, you see like lush forest and then you see snow, um, I snow camped for the first time, um, wow. on that trip too. And the summit was, the summit was kind of gnarly. I don't remember it fully. 
I think I blacked out in parts just because of like the well, lack of air. <laughs> yeah, at nineteen thousand feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting, but I have the photo of me, so I know okay. I did it. Okay. <laughs> and but, did your yeah. life change a lot after that trip, though? Like, did you oh, feel like you walked away yes. from it? Like, did you blow anything Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my, I was a completely different person after that. Um, yes. Because it immediately, immediately, like 2010 is one of these years where I think I will always remember it as the year that like, like chapter done, new chapter, completely different book now. Like it was bananas. I came back and I'm like, okay, I want to start doing more intense climbs. I want to do ice climbing. So... I um, I went into rock climbing. That's where I met my then boyfriend, now husband, Peter. Hey. Um, and then I went on a bunch of other trips after that. Like I went to um, Switzerland to coach um, one of my students who was competing at this like really, really intense ballet competition. And then after it was wrapped and done, and she did great, by the way. She's awesome. She's a pro now. Um, oh, and you were her mentor. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, I went to Chamonix by myself just to ski for a few days. And that was another moment where I was just like absorbing all these like expats who were there and like people who were like were telling me about how they like ran away from their like corporate lives. And now they live in this yeah. like cabin in, in the mountains. And yeah, I think I was just listening and being yeah. like, well, how is, how can life be so different, you know? And, and I start, started to like see a completely different way. It's the year where I also found Smosh out of nowhere, yeah. you know? And I think that also took me on a completely different trajectory than I was going. Yeah. 2010 was wild between <laughs> just between Smosh, Peter and starting to travel. My life would not be anywhere. Oh, wow. Without that year. Yeah. It's the year be you became yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Pretty wild. But it's, yeah. I think it's all because of Michelle and that it's trip. all because of that trip. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool because there aren't many times in your life where you can directly point at it and be like, that is where it completely pivoted in a completely different direction. And for it to change in just like yeah. 12 days is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, you just never know. You never know. Yeah, I, I have yeah. this saying, it's a show up and don't be an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I feel yeah. like it like comes back in so many different ways. And like show up just could mean like physically. It could also mean like yeah. showing up for yourself or, you know, showing up for the people around you or whatever it is. But like, man, if you make yourself available to just yeah. things and then you stay open yeah. about it, you never know. And people like being around you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure yeah. that helps. Yeah, because I, I really do think travel, uh, you know, can have that huge effect. I don't think it, like, necessarily makes you a different person. I think it uncovers and, like, you can use it to build, like, who you want yeah. to be and who you are. But it's like all that stuff is there or you want to add it and you can travel in is, like, a great way to to uncover it or build that. Totally. Or, yeah. I, you, you just... Um, uh, like scraped at my memory brain and, and, and I remembered something. Um, I think one of the reasons why I even was hired with Smosh is because I had really strange stories to tell and it's because of travel. They said, yeah. what's the weirdest thing you, you've eaten? And I said, guinea pig, because I had just come back from Peru and Bolivia. And in Peru, I was, I was going to 
Cuyadias? Yeah, Cuyadias and having like um, guinea pig. And that was such a direct link to their fan base because um, Charlie the guinea pig was like a big part of the Smosh fandom. And like it was such an outrageous answer, but it wouldn't have happened if I just wasn't, you know, experiencing and becoming like a, a whole person. That actually leads us. Oh, yes. Into the next question. Maybe the answer is the same. Maybe it's different. But what's the tastiest <laughs> thing you've eaten on a trip? Oh, I love I love this question because when I was thinking of the answer, I, I like I, I typed and erased a bunch of things and then a memory came to mind. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it made my mouth water. Um, oh, a ratatouille moment. Yeah, yeah, a straight up ratatouille moment, which is so beautiful. It goes. <laughs> um, I think I was in maybe like sixth or seventh grade. My brother and I spent the entire summer uh, in our great uncle's flat in Tokyo, and um, we went and hiked Mount Fuji. My brother, who's like nine years older than I am. Um, he, he, he had a great time. I had a miserable time. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have the right like um, clothes because we were there for the summer and Mount Fuji gets very cold. So I remember I had to borrow these really ugly sweaters from my great aunt and they would just pack on more and more sweaters and they're like, you'll be warm enough. I was not warm enough. Um, uh. You summit at like two in the morning. You start the summer at like two or three in the morning and so that you can summit uh. at six in the morning. Um, and I remember the summit push is like this switchback back and forth. And it's really beautiful if you look at it from a distance, because all of us like carry these like lanterns, if I remember. Yes. So you see these, like all these like lines, zigzag lines. Um, but me being a kid, I was so freaking sleepy, um, that I remember I was walking in a straight line with my eyes closed and my brother had to literally like catch me on the back of my jacket from not falling because I didn't switch back. Oh and so I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, A, my brother is not responsible enough as like an 18 year old or whatever to yeah. be like, <laughs> to, to, to have me as a, as a um, minor, you know, and under his wing. And then, and then he, at the same time, I'm like, you're my hero. <laughs> so that was a really cool moment. Um, but as soon as you summit, it's six in the morning. Everyone's dead tired. The sun's coming up. You're at the top of the mountain. And there are these little huts where you can A, sleep in, and also order these beef bowls, gyudon. And like, I remember my brother and I ordering this. And we're so cold. I remember like our faces were so cold. But this beef bowl was just the best. My mouth is watering thinking about it. And I don't even need yeah. beef anymore. It was just <laughs> the best. Because it's like when you're so yeah. tired, you know, and yeah. you have a bit of comfort food, it just feels like a great big hug. And um, yeah, I think that's what it was for me. That's the best. So, so yeah. good. What, what are my most memorable meals. I don't even remember where the name of the restaurant, but it was a bad Mexican restaurant <laughs> in the Rockies, but I just summited Mount Massive in the Rockies, which is like, you know, one of the 14ers in the lower 48, you know, it's a big mountain. But it was like, because I had done this giant hike that day, it was an incredible meal. Yeah. And like going back, I went back and it was awful. <laughs> oh, it was no. like, 
so good in that moment. It's like a, like the hot chocolate you get after a ski run. Yeah, it's yes. just the regular Nestle with like oh. watered down. They don't even use clumps of chocolate. So yeah. Good. <laughs> Yeah, food is so important. I Peter and I have been watching Alone, the uh, reality TV show. Oh, and yeah. so if you don't know the show, uh, ten like survivalists uh, slash like bushcraft wilderness folks are uh, dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and they have to survive for as long as possible. And they go through bouts of like starvation if they are not getting food. But um, you see the mood swings when they don't have yeah. food. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 really abrupt. Like they're like on the brink of giving up, and they get like <laughs> they get like a mealworm, and then they're on a high again. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I go through that on a daily basis. If I'm yeah. not, if I'm like a couple hours late for my own lunch, then I feel like yeah. it's the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I I traveled to a, a country that didn't have great, they didn't really have any vegetarian food, Molly, and like it was amazing. But I. It was so hard for me just because I I wasn't eating, you know, amazing food. Yeah. I was, you know, it was like there's no veg, there, very few veggie options. And so it just it was hard for me to enjoy that trip. Yeah. 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 I remember Iceland. Are you a food-based? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I remember Iceland being like awesome, beautiful, gorgeous, cool, but the food being like the yeah. last on the rank of like what's what's awesome about that place. But yeah. <laughs> understandable. It's like, yep. I'm, I'm, although in Iceland, I had one of the best pizzas I've ever had. Oh, yeah. And it really? Was, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is it's shocking. It was this pizza where they put like like roasted like little potatoes on it. And then a ton of arugula and then this like cream cheese drizzle on top. And it was so good. And I've been chasing potato pizza every pizza (laughs) since. And it's just never at that level. It's like so disappointing. But maybe it's like, I think that's what's so hard about recreating food experiences is like the experience prior is part of the food experience. Like it dictates how good it is. So (sighs) yeah. Just have to enjoy it from the memory bank, I guess. In general, Mari, are you a food-based traveler? Do you go to places because you know there's going to be good food there? Um, not necessarily. I don't think it's like my number one thing. But if I am, sure. wherever I go, I want to eat what the what the meal is there. So yeah. I um, don't eat red meat when I'm at home. But if I travel somewhere and it's like the dish, then I will have it. Um, so in that sense, I guess I'm a travel eater in that sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, food's important. I think there's good food everywhere though. Like even in Iceland, like it was, it was still like down here, but what I really liked about it was that everything was like locally sourced and really fresh and they were so mindful of the food. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mari, in all your travels... Is there a tourist attraction that actually lived up to the hype? Oh, oh, hell yeah. This one's like recent too. Wow. It's, okay. it's Yellowstone. Hell yeah. Oh. Right in our backyard. Oh, no, my oh, gosh. In Wyoming? Yeah. Yellowstone? Yeah. That place is absolutely banger. Like, yeah. and okay, so going in. So, okay, we went this year when all the flooding, like right after the, all the flooding happened. 
our plans were for Fourth of July weekend, which is supposed to be like one of the most uh, populated times. But the floods happened. We almost were going to cancel. I was really bullish on like canceling the trip, but my mom who put the trip together almost a full year ago was like, we are going no matter what. Like she was like really like, like mama bearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was me and Peter, my parents, my brother and his wife and their two kids. And so it was like big family um, thing that we haven't done in a, in a really long time. So she was really, really adamant that we go and i'm so glad that we did um there weren't a lot of people because a lot of people canceled their plans so going in i thought i would see maybe i don't know like 10 animals like wild animals i saw hundreds yeah in droves and it was like jurassic park every single moment what were the star animals of that? Yeah. Because it's almost like you had a Lewis and Clark moment where you're like, "Oh, this is what it, this is what it looked like before uh, Westerners came in and ruined everything." You yeah, know? yeah. In it, there, very few spots feel like that until you look around. And you're like, "Oh, there's like eight vans around you, and there's like fifty people just around." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the stars got to be the bison. Also. Ooh. I have been calling bison buffalo my entire life, and I think most people do. Um, I didn't realize this. Is there a difference? Or what is the difference? They're totally different. They're totally different. And if you look at a buffalo, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess that's what a buffalo is. A a buffalo has like wider horns, and they're more kind of like the water buffaloes that you think of. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then everything you think of a buffalo, like Buffalo Wild Wings, the uh, the that that um, the icon for it. Uh, If you think of like like CU Boulder, like Colorado, like they're also the buffs. Those are both bison. They're Dang. not buffalo. We've been calling them the wrong thing the whole time. Man, that's fucked up. Isn't but I'm that glad weird? I know because I was always wondering yeah. the difference, and I think my brain had edited it to be like, well, part of the U.S. there are buffalo, and the other half there are bison, and I just don't know who goes where. But turns out they're all bison. They're all bison. But Dang. you know, it sounds cooler to say buffalo. Live like, I don't know, I, bison. Wild. I always wings. thought it was. <laughs> I always thought it was like soda and pop. You know, uh, yeah. one part of the country calls the same thing soda. One part of the country calls the same thing pop. Yeah, no, they're totally different. Damn. Man. They're That's totally awesome. different. Yeah. So, so, Did you see any bears? Yeah. I saw black bears. I saw, yeah. I saw a grizzly. What? Yeah, with the with, with their with her cubs. I mean, it was wild. Ooh, like scary. I I saw bears. The only thing I didn't see was wolves. So I saw moose. I saw okay. bull elk. Yeah. Bull elk yeah. are freaking huge. Yeah, they look like Miyazaki, like gorgeous, like towering animals. They're so <laughs> cool. Where you're uh, like the god of the forest has arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, you are wearing a crown. And then, of course, the bison. The bison were so close, yeah. and they're so huge and so dangerous. They're so, like... Yes. I, I, sometimes I get these random videos on Reddit of people in Yellowstone trying to, like, take selfies with bison 
and touch them and stuff like that. And every time I'm like, oh my gosh, these, these folks are so dumb. But then as soon as you see a bison, a part of you goes, you know, I kind of understand it. Very I got to touch that guy. I just got to. Like, it's because they're so docile. Mm-hmm. And they have really like cute faces that I'm like, I can understand why people think that they're just going to remain like that. And then they forgot the part where they have horns and that yeah. and the part where they gore people because that's yeah that's yeah. the thing and they're huge <laughs> that is so so for you was the biggest part of this tourist attraction the wildlife then like where you're like the geysers are fine but i'm here for the animals absolutely absolutely the animals yeah because it's yeah. like I, I i do think other than the outlier folks who you know um kind of cross right. that line the wildlife are are really able to take reign of the space and if anything i saw rangers like scolding people for getting like in their territory mm-hmm. and yeah more often than not you don't see that anymore it's like we as humans are like even though we're in their territory we're like we're here now you shoo go away and these rangers were like, you do not go near these these animals. You are in their territory. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> yeah. People getting scolded like children. And I was like, whoa. I wonder if these bison are like, yeah, thanks for standing up for us. <laughs> <laughs> They're still super shy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They they just look up to those rangers, but they could never actually talk. No, no. They have crushes. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. So, Mari, what has been your biggest fish out of water moment? Oh, you know, there's there's definitely been moments where I've been completely lost. Um, and folks are so, so nice. I had a woman, like, walk me probably close to a mile with me in Peru um, to my bus stop because I was going the wrong direction. And, I, and we barely <laughs> talked. We barely talked to each other. Um, and so there's been plenty of moments where people are so, so, so nice and I'm so lost. But I think the true moment was actually our wedding. Um, <laughs> In <laughs> and not not because That's, of the marriage part. Yeah, you're yeah. like, well, I used to be uh, single, and then all of a sudden I was married. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay, so to paint the picture, um, we Pete and I decided to have our wedding in Japan at a Shinto shrine. Um, and Shinto is kind of an interesting like sub-religion because it's more of like a creation story. Um, their whole mm. entire religion only is it, like Japan is the entire world for Shintoism. That's why you don't see huh. like Shinto shrines like trying to evangelize like in different countries because yeah. they're like, y'all don't exist in our stories. <laughs> Good for um, them. Isn't that interesting? That's why if you ever go to like a Buddhist shrine, you'll see that there's a Shinto shrine right next to it and they can coexist because they have completely different ideologies in the sense of like what to do with the with, huh. the, with their religion yeah so pete and i were like oh we don't want like a traditional u.s american um wedding so let's go to japan i i don't know if either of us exactly knew exactly what we were getting into because there's no rehearsal the rehearsal is like they tell us verbally what's going to happen in this room Uh about like 30 minutes before the wedding (laughs) happens 
<laughs> so wait, yeah, what happened? Um, what, yeah. Okay, so the cool thing is when you get ready in the morning, unlike uh, like U.S. traditions where the bride and the groom um, get together or get ready separately, in Japan you get ready together. So that was pretty cool. That's cute. Um, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it yeah. was really, really nice. And because uh, traditionally that's the first time that the bride and the groom usually meet, the family is like not allowed in the room. So we were, we were barred oh. from the family which was really nice because there's like no stress in that sense um and then we were just chilling getting ready together um somebody has to help you into your kimono the cool thing about kimono is that i didn't have to think about like like dropping weight or like looking good in my kimono and stuff because they get these cylinders and stuff around you so that you're as like circular as possible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want to look like a barrel that's how you look good in in your kimono um so they just kind of stuff little pillows so that you are as like yeah as much of a barrel figure as possible and then for for pete they had like little like peck like pillows like this to really fill out like so that you're like triangular so he was like a tri- like an upside down yeah. triangle and i was a barrel um <laughs> and so that you get ready Um, And then the ceremony itself, I was not allowed to walk into the shrine next to him. I have to walk behind him. And, you know, it was it was a moment where I go, okay, do I have to? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, this is a cultural thing. We'll just do it. And so I leave my feminism at the door. And I want yeah. to get married. <laughs> this the whole thing was like a feminist nightmare, but <laughs> culturally, I'm like, Correct. wow, I'm yeah. glad I can, yeah, like absorb this today and not have it reverberate into my life. But I can mm-hmm. understand that this was historically how it was. Um, Peter said his vows in Japanese. Whoa! Fully in Japanese, and it's like the vows are like the Shinto vows. So he is like talking about the 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 goddess Amaterasu, the goddess of the sun, as like that's like that's God, that's God, God. Yeah. Um, and then all these other like Shinto gods. Um, and then as the woman, my vows are height, and that's it. <laughs> Sweet. Just saying yes. Just so, saying yes. So me, the person who speaks it fluently, just says yeah. yeah. Um, so those yeah. were vows. No kiss. No no ring exchange. We didn't do rings anyway. But um, and then the last part of it is um, you sip a little bit of sake, and then the um, there's the bride's side where me and my family are on one side and then the groom's side on the other side and we're looking at each other like it's like two uh, dinner parties. And then there's a moment where I get up and then I walk over and sit on his side and then that's the end of the ceremony. And I'm like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, family. I'm eating with him. Yeah. Um. This shrine was also, it's public and open to the public. Um, They don't close it down for private weddings or anything like that. So there's just strangers just watching the whole time because it's in a place where where anyone visiting the shrine would like throw in money for good luck. Mm -hmm. Because there's like a little um, uh, like barrel for people to do so. 
And um, so we had a lot of strangers watching um, to the point where they thought that we were doing a movie in there because they saw (laughs) a lot of Caucasian people because Peter's Caucasian and his side of the family is Caucasian. It got out that Peter was Orlando Bloom. (laughs) I can see it. I can see it. That's awesome. So after we get out of the shrine room, we're walking around. You, I hear all around me, Orlando, 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 Orlando. And I'm like, Orlando. And then I hear Orlando Bloom. And they're pointing at Peter. And I'm like, they think he's Orlando Bloom. And they think this is a movie. This is so wild. And Peter's been riding that high ever since. Yeah. <laughs> it was so strange. It was so strange. I, yeah. I, I feel, because I feel like I, I remember when you got married, I saw photos. Were you at, was it the Shinto temple near the uh, the Tori gate that's the Tori that's in the, the bay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That really, because that's a big spot yeah like that's a it's a it's a total famous, tourist attraction spot. place yeah, yeah yeah it's called itsukushima uh shrine yes. and um it's on miyajima island which is off yeah. of um the shore of hiroshima yes. yeah yeah so it was already yeah. a touristy place but apparently our wedding of 30 people was the biggest wedding they've ever done in the wow. history of the shrine so Wow, and that history—that's a long. It's history. a long history. Yeah, so 30 weddings people. are yeah. pretty one. tiny there usually. Weddings are very tiny and somber. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> they said that we were like the most lively people, and I'm that like, we're so lively because we don't know what's going on. But yeah. in a lot of ways, like it—it it was really, really awesome. I, I think because of the fact that we didn't really have set sort of a set sort of understanding of how it should be. We were able to really yeah. go with, we were able to go with That's the flow great. and like pretty much anything was on the table. We were happy with whatever came out of it. And so That's like the great. stress level was just like way, way, way lower. Yeah, cause you turned your wedding into an adventure. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so smart. Okay, uh, next question, Mari. If you could step into any moment from your travels, anytime you wished, which quintessential perfect moment would you Oh, I loved this question. I loved, love, love, love this question. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It it painted (laughs) such a vivid um, moment. Um, It is when I experienced the Aurora Borealis in Iceland. Um, (sighs) That was... Okay, A... As a natural phenomenon, that thing is like yes. wild. Like for the first time, I was like, oh, this is why Vikings were talking about rainbow bridges. All yes. of it makes sense oh, now. Yeah. Like th- that shit yeah. is wild. I, I've, I, I haven't done psychedelics before, but I, I imagine that the wowness is like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that the the just the natural spectacle of it was so fantastic and so wonderful. I like to say that it's kind of like if you could imagine yourself sitting underneath like a glass table and someone yeah. just puts paints on top of like the 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 table and they start painting over it and you're just underneath it sitting. That's what it felt yeah. like. I'm like, "Whoa, okay, yeah, this is why 
<laughs> Where in Iceland were you? Where did you get to experience um, Okay, it? so this is a trip with me, Peter, Joven, and Joven's um, wife, Kate. Joven and I have worked together at Smosh Games yes. um, for yeah. like the past, what, ten, 10 years or so. He came with us to and Egypt. And he came us, with us to Egypt, yes. Uh, he did not come with us after rap. Not not, an, not an adventurer, that man. <laughs> not, a, not one of the adventurers. He, <laughs> he got thrown <laughs> off of a horse on this Iceland trip. That's a, that's another moment. Um, that may be another you moment that I step into. You don't want to sit in that moment? Yeah. No, sometimes I yeah. do. Sometimes <laughs> I see it vividly of him falling off that horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the horses in Iceland are kind of like they're, they're so cool. yeah they're like smaller and like fluffier they're so cool they're yeah. like um, sturdy they're kind of like uh the like what dwarves are to elves <laughs> yes yes they're like little short kings I love yes. them yeah they're so cool um but okay so we rented this Airbnb and um Joven's wife Kate kind of set up uh, like our whole itinerary and she found this Airbnb in the middle of nowhere, I think we could see like maybe another house like way in the distance. Um, and it was like one of our, I think it was our last night there. And we hadn't seen the Aurora Borealis the entire time that we were there. And we're probably there for like, I don't know, maybe 10 days or so. And so we're chilling. Me and Kate are chilling in the jacuzzi. Um, the guys are inside. And all of a sudden, it just like, it just starts. It's like a show that where the curtain goes, Wah! and then it's like this like show that happens. Um, and so we start freaking out. The guys are, are coming out. And um, what was cool was that because me and Kate were in the jacuzzi, even though it was really cold outside, yeah. we were just sitting with our legs out and sitting like out on the jacuzzi and just watching it. And I remember like the heat just like coming off of our bodies we like I felt invincible in that moment because I was like the cold cannot stop me. I'm yeah. watching this thing happen. Um, yeah, it was so neat. This is my dream. This is uh, like I have gone to Iceland many times, and I've always wanted to sit in a hot pool of water and watch the the aurora borealis. And I've seen the aurora borealis in Iceland. I've sat in hot pools of water in Iceland. I've never done them both together, and that I've. That is what I want. Do you? That is all I want. Do you often call jacuzzis hot pools of water? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because in 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 Iceland, there's so many variations. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are just like. You know, a hole in the ground with hot water bubbling up. And this is true. There, this is know? true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, so it's more general. Like, I'll sit in a jacuzzi. I'll sit in a natural hot spring. Even the runoff yeah, of a I hot just, spring. As long as mm-hmm. it's just yes. a pool of water. And it's warm. Yeah. Important. Exactly. And it's hot. <laughs> it's a hot pool of water. <laughs> My sister's seen the Aurora Borealis. She lives in Alaska. And she said, too, that, like, hearing the crackling is so yes. surreal. Did you hear the crackle? No, I don't know. I don't think I remember the crackle. I've heard uh, the very first time I saw it, I was in the north, the northernmost part of Scotland, and it was like a tingling sound. It was like, oh, I don't remember that. It was incredible. Maybe we were just too loud. We were just like, <laughs> do you see it? beautiful. <laughs> it was like. What Joven was loud? <laughs> it's like it's like everyone when they see fireworks, they're like, "Did you see that yes. one?" It's like, "Yes, of course." We're, we're all, all looking here. at the same thing. 
I did love what you said, though, about, like, being like, oh, I can see why, like, Norse yeah. mythology is the way it is. Like, it's so cool that, like, being in a place helps you understand, like, the mythologies and the stories that they tell. Yes. Because you just see how, like, yeah. the nature so influenced, like, why people would think magic was possible, you know? like Totally. I've been to Iceland once, and I totally felt that way, where I was like, I feel like I'm on another planet where everything is just, like, sparkling all the time. Yeah. Because it was just always golden hour. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, uh. legit, like, believing in fairies. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. of course. I can, of course I can see you that. would. Yeah. I love it there. So... Mari, is there a local custom you've observed while traveling that you've implemented or wish you'd implemented into your daily life? This was a hard question. It is a hard hard one. one. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be asking. No, no, no. I think it's it's good. (laughs) But but later on, um, (laughs) I realized like, oh, you know what? Pete and I were really adamant about getting Japanese toilets. And that was like, uh, that was the thing. When we finally bought our house, we were like, what do we want? Yeah. Japanese toilet. So tell us all about this toilet. Yes. Yeah. It's like a really advanced toilet. Like if regular toilets were like a Nokia from like 2001, (laughs) this is like, like an iPhone 13 plus. Incredible description. Yeah. <laughs> what games? What games do you have on your toilet? <laughs> oh, you know, far more than Snake. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have the, the the toilet that sings. There's ones where like it like plays music so that you have a little bit of privacy, um, which I always think is really cute. Um, but <laughs> it's the one with air, and then it's got butt spray, and it's got the seat warming. And I think it's the seat warming for me, which is like yeah. That's that's the pinnacle of like you know what we'll take we're taking care of you. It feels mm-hmm, real nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels real nice. And then um, it's I, it, I think it's moments where it's like early in the morning when you don't want to wake up. Yeah, yeah. That's when like an like a warm seat. I don't know. It just makes you feel secure for the rest of the day. You know, you feel like things aren't gonna like. <laughs> attack you they're like taking care of yeah the rest of the world isn't gonna like come biting at you 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 have the faith that things are gonna be like working for you and with you (laughs) honestly beautiful beautiful to think that like uh i think it's nice because it's like an intimate experience where your toilet can give you something back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's like you know every time you you go and plug in your phone, imagine it just plugs in the first time every time. A USB <laughs> just plugs in every time the first time. That's how how you're left every time you sit on a warm toilet. You're like, beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for the synergy. <laughs> I yeah. know. Are you sure you don't want your travel moment to return to to yeah. just be sitting on a warm toilet? The first thing in the <laughs> first morning. First thing in the morning. <laughs> well, I guess it, that moment was so good. You just recreated it. So you could actually I had to, I had to recreate it. it. I had to recreate yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mari, we have one more set of questions. This is the lightning round. Mm. Awesome. Before we take a second to tabulate what we... Uh, uh, think your dream trips would be 
So we're we're just going to ask uh, alternate ask a, a series of either or questions, and the first uh, answer that comes to your head. Just okay. Say. Ready? All right. Beach or mountains? Mm, mountains. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Hot or cold? Hot. City or country? Uh, country. Beer or wine? Uh, neither. Fair. <laughs> Yep. History or scene? Oh, history. Clubs or cafes? Cafes. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Uh, fancy or casual? Uh, casual. Fast or slow? Uh, sheesh, that's a hard one. That's a Medium? hard one. Medium. <laughs> Medium. Medium. <laughs> Dogs or cats or cows or monkeys? Cows. Beautiful, oh. beautiful. Okay. Uh, Pete and I went okay. to a place called The Farm in Vegas lately, uh, recently, and it's so cute. We saw some, we saw some cows. Oh. Is it like a nice little like you can go and see all these? Yeah, it's a little sanctuary. Animals and sanctuary. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I think I. You I go think first. I have the general idea. I'm a. Mar- you, well, you, need a you know, second? the funny thing is, I was going going into this, I was like, I'll send Mari to Peru to do the Salcante Trail, the Incan Trail. And then you talked about eating it. The second you mentioned that you had eaten a guinea pig, I was like, oh, no. There it goes. So I'm almost just like at a loss to pick somewhere you haven't been. So I'm going to I'm going to noodle over here. OK. OK. I I just need couple seconds to kind of like refresh my memory this is so cool this. this is like a like what is it what is it, what's popular right now like geolocator or something Ge- geos yes we're, uh we're, the the game yeah. where you, you are given like a, a google map image of a like the from the spot and you try to figure out where it exactly, is exactly exactly there's these twitch streamers who basically um yeah so you get like a snapshot image of a place in the world and then you try to get as close as possible to where that location is um yeah i i love those games it's really fascinating how good some people are i yeah i think i have an i i think i know what i'm gonna do um so do you want me to go or do you want to go if you have it i just need to just remind myself i'm trying to remember a couple of details. But. Okay. So if you have it. I'm going to do my best. It's going to be a little vague, but here we go. Mari. I'm excited. I know you're a woman of the world and that you love nature and that you also do ice climbing, which is very cool. So I would like to send you to Argentina. <gasps> have you been there before? I haven't. Oh my gosh. <gasps> okay. So in Argentina, I'm going to give you like the nature, the nature tour. So there you can do, it's called the, uh, I believe it's called the W Trek, where you hike around Patagonia and you see the most beautiful, crazy Andes mountains. And it's also known for its ice climbing. So you can also go ice climbing there. Um, As far as nature goes, Animals you might see, the one I'm most excited about is the pink fairy armadillo. 
It's the world's smallest armadillo. It's only about six inches long, and it's what? pink. It's really you have pink. to look this up. It's you have pink. to look it up. It's so cute. Um, but there's also a lot of other wildlife. You'll see the Patagonian hare, which is also worth a look up because it does not look like a rabbit, but actually looks a little more like a deer and a rabbit combined. Um oh my goodness. I I just I just love it for the pink fairy armadillo itself. I know. Oh my gosh, it looks like a little rodent with pink armor. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it was real. I was like, this is a little Pokemon, and to think he's only six inches big. <gasps> it's so cute. Oh so my goodness. That'll be like, you'll do the W track, but you'll also go more inland to the desert and sand dunes where that little armadillo's hanging out. But while you're doing the W track and you're up in the Andes mountain range, I am going to arrange for famous Argentinian chef Francis Malman to go with you. Um, (laughs) He has a chef's table episode, (laughs) but he's known for um, using local ingredients and cooking out in these like cool wood stoves and stuff. He's definitely a man of nature, so you will have him with you. And I forgot to mention, you're doing all of this like maybe a combination of alone or you and Peter and another couple doing it together but i will say for the trek at least it's only people who want to be there on the trek i love Um, it because that's a vibe yeah so you'll also visit of course buenos aires which has a lot of amazing food and you can also go out for a night of tango since you're a dancer i know it's a little different but it would be fucking awesome oh my gosh um you'll also visit at the southern end of argentina is um is a place called Ushuaia and it's Ooh. called the end of the world and what i'm seeing is that the i don't know end it's of the world yeah it's uh it's very beautiful there are lots of boats and beautiful mountains i'm like i'm like stretching here so i'm going to wrap it up But basically, what I'm proposing is I'm going to give you like three to four weeks in Argentina, a combination of alone or with a group of four, the W Trek, the sand dunes, some time in the city at Buenos Aires, and really amazing food from that chef. And that is the trip I'm offering to you. I'm so excited for this trip. You nailed it. That's so cool. Thank you. And the one thing I forgot to mention is that I'm going to fly you there on like, I think on a private jet. So you can like be at ease as far as you have space. Uh, Everybody's been tested for COVID. It's very comfortable (laughs) and like pretty deserted. So that's also, I just wanted to clarify that to get you there is non (laughs) straightforward. You've covered all the bases. Also, by the way, the end of the world place is gorgeous. It looks insane. Wow. And if you look up, let me make sure W Trek. Ushuaia? Yeah. Wow. If you look up W Trek, Argentina, you will also see what those mountains look like because what I've always been really fascinated by is how 
the Andes Mountains in this particular area look like shards of huh. rock. It is so cool. That's it's called so the Torres del Paine. Wow. So that's you nailed it. it. You got some stiff competition, Garrett. She tried. She oh, tried. man. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay, I'm, so Mari, here is what I'm offering you. And uh, this will just be you and, and Pete, because uh, I think, uh, uh, you know what? I will allow uh, Ian and whoever, you know, whoever he's with right now uh, to join you. That is up to you. Uh, I'll let you decide that after I I give you the details here. So I am flying you to this. To, you'll start off in this city. It's a very small city called Le in Ladakh. It's in the northern uh, India. It's in the Himalayas. It's uh, right. It's the point of India where uh, you've got China and Pakistan. Uh, and it's kind of an area that's known as, I mean, people call it more Tibet than Tibet is now. And it's, uh, it's, it's very Tibetan Buddhism influenced area. And it is, it is at altitude. So, uh, first, uh, three days you're staying in Leh and, uh, the first day you're taking it easy. I'm going to put you up. I've, uh, at this hotel that I've stayed at where uh the view out your window is just mountains just the himalayas and uh it's got a little courtyard where they grow all the food that you eat at the uh at this hotel there's a little old man always walking around saying jule 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 and which is hello and uh he's very sweet old man so once you are acclimated uh, after three days uh, to this altitude, um, I'm going to send you to uh, this monastery, Tikse, which is, uh, they call it Little Potala Palace. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's all, all white monastery. <laughs> it's T-H-I-K-S-E-Y uh, into the, the hills of this mount of a mountain overlooking a beautiful valley where, uh, you know, everybody's out. It's a Sunday. Everybody's out picnicking in this little valley. Um, they're all having barbecues out there. And there's several dance parties going dance on. Dance parties. Uh, but it's, yeah, Ooh. yep. You might get dragged into <laughs> one. Um, and it's just uh, it's just this gorgeous monastery. It, it's, it's just like what you picture for a Tibetan monastery in the Himalayas. <gasps> Uh, then I'll send you to a, another monastery called Hemis, which uh, is believed to be where Jesus Christ learned Buddhism, which is what he then actually uh, turned into Christianity, according to the pe- some Whoa. people in Hemis. Uh, but it's it, it's another beautiful uh, little, it's a lower key Buddhist monastery, but it's still like this beautiful Tibetan Buddhist, Buddhist monastery. Uh, and then... We will, uh, you'll, you'll go over this pass. I'm suddenly blanking on the pass, but it's the highest navigable, uh, road in the world. And it, uh, tops out, I think like 18, 19,000 feet. Uh, and on the other side is the beginning of, oh shoot, what mountains? 
Um, what mountains? We need to know. Need Which to mountains? Know. Pressure's on. It, it, ah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is the beginning of the Hindu Kush mountains. Ooh. So you go over the pass and uh, there's there's several beautiful little villages there. And it's uh, it's it's right where you see the start of the Hindu Kush mountains, um, and uh, you'll you'll spend a couple days there, maybe camping out by the river. Uh, then you'll come back, and uh, for the the, the final uh, few days, I'm going to send you on a trek, uh, and so you'll you'll trek to the village of Tar which is a uh, beautiful uh, like village kind of tucked away, surrounded by huge mountains. And it's just this little patch of green surrounded by brown mountains. And uh, you'll stay with, uh, you'll stay where I stayed, which is at uh, Sonam Angmo's grandmother's house. And uh, she'll put you up and feed you. Um, it's very beautiful spot. Uh, the the villagers, the people that live there, are all super sweet. Uh, you'll you'll drink uh, uh, their the tea, which is I believe is Chang. I believe it is, uh, and um, it it's it's made with uh, fermented yak oh, butter. I've always wanted uh, to try a, yak butter and yak milk. Yes, so it's you'll get to try some yak butter and yak milk in tea. Uh, You'll have some tsampa, which is the the uh, uh, like a, the grain there. Um, yeah, and then you'll you'll do this. You'll trek around for three days in the Himalayas, uh, vis- visiting a couple other towns that are similar to Tar uh, before you get back to Leh, uh, and then you fly back down to to New Delhi, which is you have to fly through New Delhi to get to Leh. Uh, and you can only fly, you can only really get there in the summer. You could go there in the winter. It's also, I mean, I know you're a little nervous with uh, planes, but this may, you know, call back to uh, how you are fine with turbulence because it is one of the, the craziest runways in the world. Oh, yeah. The Lay Ladakh. Yes. Runway. Oh, this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the most is. dangerous airport in the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 hear me out. I think that might, you know, bring you back to a time when you loved air travel and you were okay with the adventure of air travel. I love it. Uh, and you'll eat a lot of momos, which are really good dumplings. Ooh. All right, that is my pitch for you, is Ladakh. All right, so Mari, you've heard both of our pitches. Please, which one appeals to you most? This is... Know that right now, Rachel and I, I believe we're tied. Oh, man. You know, this is really difficult because South America has a very special place in my heart. I spent two months there. And I never made it to Argentina. Always wanted to go to Patagonia. Um, yeah. And and we've got we've got the the fairy armadillo. Um, <laughs> gosh, and the Andes. I want to see the Andes again. Um, 
And then, and then we have Lei, Tibet, which I've never been to before. I was supposed to do uh, India with a trip up to Tibet um, my senior year of college because it was the one time that I was like, all right, I'm going to do, um, uh, what is it called? Um, a, like abroad. abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A semester yeah. abroad. And then yeah. the, my last semester in college is when I said I'm going to do it as a big hurrah and then it got cancelled no uh, that's so, so sad. I never made it um and then Tibet also has a special in my place in my heart because when Pete and I first started dating he would always wear the same shirt and it was a it was a um uh free Tibet shirt and like one of the first things, one of one of the first like dates we had, we went to go see the Dalai Lama who was at Stanford University, uh, and it was uh, the wildest thing. Isn't that the coolest? Yeah, yeah I was like, this guy's cool. I'm his man. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, but Argentina is such a good. That's such a good. That's such a good pick too. Oh, and I just watched a season of Alone where they just we're in Patagonia. So I like have it in my mind oh, yeah. how beautiful it is there. Oh my gosh. Like, like the, the lakes and stuff are like glass. You can just see the reflection yeah. so beautifully of the mountains. Um, Oh, this is hard. <laughs> it's really hard. You guys both nailed it. It's real. Oh, oh man. I mean, if you, I mean, Rachel, do we want to do a tie? Would we allow that? We'd have to take that back to our bosses, see if they'd mm -hmm. even allow that. Mm -hmm. I think both, we. Jeez, you both really nailed it. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I, I can pick one. I can pick one. Okay. I can pick one. Okay. I think. I think I'm gonna have to go with Tibet. I knew it. With There's Madonna. an emotional connection. It's There's hard to be. There's an emotional yeah. connection. So it's. Oh. It is. It's right next to Tibet. Okay, so it's Ladakh. Ladakh. Right Ladakh, next to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It it is one of my favorite places I've ever been to in my life. It is incredible. No, as soon as you dropped, oh, I've always wanted to go to Nepal or Tibet. I was like, Garrett's got this in the bag. It's <laughs> it's it's definitely got like my heartstrings in the sense that it was like the one that got yeah. away. Because it was yeah. a you trip have to reclaim that, it. Like, yeah, because yeah. it was a trip where it was like the 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 payment was already in, and then they're like, "Here's your payment oh, back," and I'm like, "I don't oh. want this back." I know you I know want what? to go to. It's there. like the classic thing, like the rom com, where you can go with like the high school boyfriend who got away, or the new guy you met in New York who's like a businessman. We all know you're gonna go for that high school guy who got away. <laughs> You have to. You can't go with the slick New Yorker. Mr. Argentina. <laughs> Mr. Argentina. We'll tango another day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. But those All are right, such well, good picks. You guys, oh, uh, really good. I mean, you know, here, I'm going to say this right now. If we get the funding to send you on these trips, send people on these trips, we're going to send you the book. We absolutely will. We that is a but potential. We will don't you, care will if it you, costs Will us. you both uh, come with us? We yeah. would love. We would love to. I pitched Argentina because that's the trip I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll do both. <laughs> yes. All right. That sounds great. I I've, I've yet to go to South America, so I need to. 
I need to go to Argentina. Awesome. <laughs> All well, right. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much, Mari. This was so much this fun. This is so great. Thanks for having me. And that was Mari Takahashi choosing a trip, a fantastic trip to the beautiful place known as Ladakh, one of my favorite places on earth. And I think she's going to enjoy it whenever we can afford to send her, whenever that happens. Maybe she'll go on her own because I sold it so well. I will say, you know, I did I did pitch a very good trip. Yes. I, then, the joy yeah. of my success is still, I'm still writing it. Uh-huh. You pitched a great trip. Uh-huh. What was it? Argentina. Argentina. To the, to the southernmost tip of the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. I that's a trip I do want to do. The pink fairy armadillo, yeah, famous. Yeah. I do want to go. Don't forget. I Argentina is high on my list. It's been on my list for a long time. I know. If, I really want to go. If you're listening from Argentina, please invite us. <laughs> please let us <laughs> stay at your house. Please let us stay. <laughs> Uh, we'd love Buenos Aires, but really anywhere, wherever you are, we'll, co- we'll come there. Hey, tell you what, anybody, anywhere, if you'll put us up, yeah, we'll come. We will come. Mm-hmm. We will We will join you. All right. All right. Well, uh, don't forget, follow her on Instagram, Atomic Mari. Check out her podcast, Ogsog. And how do you spell that? O-G-S-O-G, Ogsog. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's on all the podcasting places, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked that, but I'm sure it's on all the podcasting places. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Keep moving. (laughs) It's like it's a public service announcement for exercise, not for travel. (laughs)